And we're back with an episode of the MDM Podcast. Joe Morales, Trev Markowski here on this Monday afternoon. Baseball is back in New York City. Both New York teams picking up the series wins over their respective opponents. Trevor, good afternoon, buddy. An all-around great weekend for not only New York baseball, but New York sports. Fine. And it was a good weekend. There's no denying that part. You know, both teams played well. It's just a di- they did play well, yes, but it's just a different feeling when you have a baseball game. If if you're watching as intensely as I am, or you just have it on in the background, it's just a different feeling. The, the the weather's changing, the seasons are changing. It's a better overall feeling than any other time of the year. Yes, you know it's a little warm today. We're getting in the eighties this week. Yeah, yeah. Later on, we'll talk about. I'm I'm heading down to Florida next week. Don't get in eighties or nineties down to Florida. A little culture shock for me. Joe's heading down to Florida. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 I didn't even tell you this. We have no shows starting uh, this the end of this week. It's the last show for about a week and a half. This today's our last show for about yeah. a week. And I half. mean, unless you want to host them solo, that'd be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, good weekend for both New York teams. We'll start off with the Mets because the hype around baseball this year was the New York Mets, and will continue to be the New York Mets for as long as the season goes. And there were great things from the rotation. I finally love that they're getting competent at-bats from professional hitters, which is a pleasant change from what we've been seeing with the Mets over the last few years. The thing that stuck out to me this weekend was the amount of batters that got struck in the head by balls from this Nationals, pitch, uh, this Nationals pitching staff. And it struck me, and I kept wondering, how long is it going to take before either Max Scherzer or Chris Bassett or Carrasco or any pitcher out of the Met bullpen. How long was it going to take before someone would retaliate? And I waited and I waited and I waited. Every passing Juan Soto at bat came up and nothing happened. For three days, I was expecting something to happen and it never did. Do you think it should have? I, if, if I was the Mets, yeah, absolutely. How many guys got to get hit in the face before you respond though, Trevor? Yeah, Lindor and Alonso get knocked out and hit in the face. How long until you respond? I agree. Now, do you think that was intentional or not? No, I don't think it was intentional, but I think they still have the right to be very angry. I saw this analogy on LLB Network. If a young driver hit you and they were so sorry, that's great they're sorry. They still hit you, right? I mean, you still get injured in the process. That is true. That that yeah. rub, that rubbed me the wrong way. And what, what was awesome, too, because... Everyone's talking about the Mets have a new manager, and 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 you know they finally have a a, a stable man and a competent manager. He led the charge there Saturday night on that on that horrific Apple TV broadcast. He was the first guy out of the dugout to go charge Steve Ciszek. That was some guts by that by 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 Buck Showalter. If I was a Met fan, that rubbed me the right way. That I finally have a manager who's going to stick up for my players. I love that. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but like I said, the Mets have. Finally, a few competent hitters in their lineup. I love Marte. Marcana leaves Washington hitting like 700. Eduardo Escobar is awesome. The additions the Mets brought in this offseason are great. Buck Showalter has a ton of platooning to do, whether it's a whether it's the lefties or the righties. And you saw this weekend when Eric Fetty was in the mound, he stacked the righties. If it was Josiah Gray, he stacked the lefties. Buck Showalter has a lot of players to play with here. He does, and he mixed and matched up the lineups pretty well this weekend, too. No, he absolutely did. Whether it was Nimmo was the top of the lineup for the most part, but J.D. Davis was in and out of the lineup. Cano was in and out of the lineup. Canna was in and out of the lineup. 
those are the guys you're going to see get platooned. Jeff McNeil also. But the guys you're going to see every day, Marte, Nimmo, Alonzo, and Lindor. I'd say those are the four, and there's probably one more guy I'm missing too, the four or five guys that will be in there every night. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and the pitching was pretty good too without your top two guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without DeGrom, you know, I expected Churchill to go opening day. Didn't happen. But opening day, McGill was terrific. He was hitting triple digits or high 90s a few times. Bassett looks to be a great pickup. Carrasco, who was horrendous last year, he was terrific yesterday. We know how Scherzer did. He's awesome. Mets rotation, terrific. And it's game three. I don't want to critique. But Trevor Williams in the eighth inning yesterday, and he wasn't helped out by his defense. We'll touch on that in a second. Going to Trevor Williams in the eighth inning. If this was July or August, I think we'd be on here screaming about that. But I don't understand Buck Walters just trying to get all those guys, you know, get their feet wet. Exactly. And seeing what he's got. What's right. he going to use for the future part of the season? Right. What he has in his bullpen, what he can go to later on. You're right. Um, and it's also without Edwin Diaz yesterday, they couldn't go to him because I think he had a death in the family. So he, he, uh, he couldn't be with the team. The big thing yesterday, though, and again, I understand it's only game three. If it were July or August, we'd be saying different things. Pete Alonso at first base late in the game. Either the lousy overhand, I guess you can call it toss, the home plate, him attempting to turn the double play with Cesar Hernandez with Juan Soto on deck that could have gotten him out of the inning. Pete Alonso's defense was horrific yesterday. And it leads to the conversation of what you're going to do at first base. Because most of the time, you're going to have either Dom Smith or J.D. Davis DHing based on who the pitcher is. Whether it's lefty or right. But yesterday, having Alonzo in the field, when Dom Smith is clearly the better fielder. Again, it's only game three. Something you got to think about, though. Will Dom Smith be seeing time at first base and Pete Alonzo get some time as a DH? It is a question to ask, right? Especially with uh, the uh, sorry, one second. Especially with the righty on the mound too. When Dom Smith is going to play, you can play him at first base, and those could be the days that Pete Alonso gets an off day. I don't think he's ever been that great of a defender, though. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's serviceable, but Dom Smith is definitely better. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Uh-huh. Definitely, I would agree with that. definitely. Um, I mentioned Canna. Um, like I said, with Trevor Williams, but it's only game three. The Mets will be fine. I still think a very impressive weekend for the Mets overall, though. Yeah, they took two out of three. That's always good to win the series. Yeah, yep. really good. Yeah, and then with the Yankees, though, so, uh, same stuff there. The big things to me that stuck out, and again, always great taking two or three. They should have had last night, but that's besides the point. It's only game three. Rizzo, all series coming up clutch, whether it was the home run on Friday and Saturday, both days. The, the two-run single yesterday, Anthony Rizzo so far through three games has paid out to – or has has turned out to be the best free agent acquisition this offseason. There weren't many of them, but he's earning his money. I would uh, certainly agree there. Joining you take a look at another free agent opening day, Josh Donaldson with the big hit to win the game. Right, right. And don't talk about yesterday with Donaldson. But, yes, opening day um, you know, the, with the walk-off hit. Am I the only one that has a problem with Donaldson – in the, in the leadoff spot? I'm not a big fan of it, Joe. Now, Joe, I do have the lineup tonight if you haven't seen it yet. Go ahead. You can, I, I have seen it, but go ahead and read it out. Uh, it's LeMahieu leading off at third. I think that's a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rizzo at first. Judge at right. Stanton, DH. Gallo in left. Torres at second. Hicks in center. Higgy in catcher. And Marvin Gonzalez is first Yankee start. He'll be at short and in the ninth hole. Yep, so IKF and Donaldson are both out today. 
Yeah, and I, I and by the way, I like this lineup that Parasite's putting in Rizzo in the second spot. You see, I'm a big proponent of moving LeMahieu down to five. I actually like him there for, for this series. I love the idea of Hicks or Gallo in the one spot because they're OBP guys. They're going to get on base. And I never understood what the fascination of putting LeMahieu one is when he's getting hits with no one on base. To me, that, that that's made no sense of the last year. I, or, or Torres should be the other guy to lead off spot, in my opinion. T- Torres has to earn that spot back, though. Not that he was lead off before, but he's got to earn playing time. He lost well, his job last year. I agree now. I but I would say this. I do like Rizzo in that second spot. Yes, I do too. I like when they break apart the lefties and the righties. Well, it also depends if Gallo's if he's hitting six. They have Hicks at seven. When, who can uh, who can switch hit? They can do a lot of things with the lefty righties. They 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 have now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know the, the other thing too too is your, I, I, Hicks has not looked that great at the plate so far through first few games. No, not 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 with see. This is a hot topic on on Twitter, Trevor. Everyone's giving Aaron Hicks a lot of a lot of hate. He has more hits than DJ LeMahieu does this year. He does. He does. Right. He's got a better he's OBP than, than than most guys on the team. I think the past few years, Joe, we have not seen the real Aaron Hicks. We haven't seen much of him. But when you take out, I understand he didn't have the big hit yesterday. Understandable. I was upset with him too. But you can't call for, and this is not just you. You can't call for Aaron Hicks's head after one at bat where he didn't get the job done. Like I was, I was seeing people online, Trevor, saying they should bring back Brett Gardner to take Aaron Hicks' spot. That's ridiculous. I agree. That's that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I do agree with that, Trevor. That's a little ridiculous. Right. Um, they left eleven guys on base yesterday, and again, I'm I'm gonna keep saying it. It's only game three of the year, but you you can't leave eleven guys on base. You can't get the leadoff guy on base five of the nine innings and only score three times. You can't do that. But. That was what I saw from the uh, the Yankees this weekend. The other thing is IKF also, Trevor. Isaiah Kaner-Falafa. I don't think he had a spectacular weekend at shortstop. You don't think he was that good? No. He made three errors. He would have had a fourth when he was trying to turn that dull play on J.D. Da- on, on JD um, Martinez. If it, if anyone but him was running, he would have another error there. Well, Joe, it's only three games, so, you know. He did make a nice few throws, though. I have yeah. to say that. Yeah, I think I think everyone made a few good throws. I hope he makes those throws. He's a shortstop. Um, you know, Joe, as we always say coming into the season, uh, Falefa is a fill-in spot. Right. There's no denying it. He's a fill-in spot. That's funny you say that because after only three games, I was taking a look at the Yankee pipeline. And this is one thing I told my buddies. The Yankees, out of their top 30 prospects, have, let's see, triple-A, double-A, single-A. There's two single-A's. And is there, no, there's only one single A now? I'm actually blanking on it. And then there's the rookie league. However many there are. There are either five or six Yankee shortstops in the top 30, and each one of them is starting at a different affiliate. And AAA is Aguado Peraza, right? Yes. So I was keeping an eye on Peraza, who's hitting just shy of 300 in AAA. If Kyner Falefa is having trouble at short and he's not hitting, look out for Peraza to come up here and, and, and get some at-bats. Well, Joe, you think that we will see him in pinstripes at some point. Yes, I do. I think this this is the year he does come up, yes. At some point in the season. Mm-hmm. And then if you're talking um, next year, you can see Glaber Torres get traded. That way Volpe can come up and play, and one of them can slide over a short. I mean, one slide over the second. That's definitely a possibility. Do you think a Torres trade could happen inevitably? Yes, I do. If they need a pitcher come deadline time, I could definitely see him being traded. Because you look at the roster right now, and I heard this on the K show, and I completely disagree with what they're saying. The Yankees have... Seven 
or excuse me, eight players to fill seven positions. Is that a bad thing? Eight players mm-hmm. to fill seven positions. Right. They're rotating one guy out every day. Look, I would say this to the way the Yankees lineup is and guys sitting down, I would say that's a good problem. Well, say, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Because the Michael K show was, was painting it to be a terrible thing and everyone's going to turn on each other. I'm looking at it as if there's an injury, we have a major league player on this roster that's ready to go and there'll be no, like, buffer time. He'll be well, put in the lineup and, and, and they'll be fine. Well, you take yeah, you take a look, look at the, look at tonight's lineup there, Joe. No, you know, all those guys. And no ICAP and no Donaldson. And Donaldson's on the bench. Right. Right. So, you know. And... You know what, Joe, and, you know, you talk about IKS bad defense. You know, maybe that is the reason why Aaron Boone then gave Gonzalez the nod tonight to start. I also think it's just his turn up, turn up in the rotation to get the night off. It was LeMahieu yesterday. The day, the day before that, it was uh, – who, who took off the second day? I know Torres was the first day. I forgot who the second day was. Um, it was um Hicks. I'm sorry. It was Hicks because so they moved Judge Hicks. to center. See, they're going through this rotation where everyone's going to get a day off. I don't think this is a bad thing, dude. I think if they have depth – and in case of an injury, they can have a guy put him here, and there'll be no buffer time or anyone to settle in. I think it's a great thing, actually. I do, but, Joe, and I think maybe maybe Falafa stay off supposed to be tomorrow, and he moved him up a day because of the defense. It's possible he might just want to um, get more when Gonzalez the time because he sat the bench all three games. He didn't. Even, he, he got into play defense, I think. But or excuse me, I might. think I think he ran actually in that first game. But I think um, but I think it's a good time for Falefa's day off. You know, he hasn't played defense. We'll get his mind cleared and give somebody right. else a shot. And he'll be back in there tomorrow, yes. Mm-hmm. Another thing on that is someone might be playing so well they earn a job. Let's just say Gleyber Torres doesn't turn things around. DJ LeMahieu has a second base job then. He does, and that leaves open a shortstop job. Right. Or or if, if IKF doesn't play well and his defense is bad, Torres is your, is your shortstop again. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of things that can happen. I don't think it's bad that you have this kind of depth on your team. Not bad at no. all. I, l- I look at the Dodgers from years past. Chris Taylor has been a, a utility bench player. I understand the National League a few years ago was different. They had Kike Hernandez on the bench too being that utility guy. It's good to have depth in guys that can play a lot of positions and you can rotate them in and out. It's not a bad thing. No, no, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. There, Joe. I, I would say that too. Now, to... to uh... You know, talking about something else a little bit. The Mets play at six forty-five tonight. People do not know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a little odd. Stuff. Did you see the Mets lineup, there, Joe? I did, but again, you can read it. Um, we have Nemo leading off in center. And let me just say, it's a lefty pitcher tonight. So notice all the righties here. Go ahead. It's uh, Suarez tonight pitching. Yes, he's a lefty. Um, actually, two left. Uh, no, no, Walker's a right. Okay. It's uh, Nemo leading off in center. Marte and right. Righty. Lindor, uh, short. Switch. Alonzo at first. Righty. Escobar at third. Righty. J.D. Davis DH. Righty. Canna at left. Righty. Guillaume at second. Lefty. And McCann at catcher. So just righty. two lefties tonight. Nimmo two lefties and... in the lineup. That's what the lefty on the mound. If you saw a right-handed pitcher on the mound, Dom Smith would be DHing. We would probably see Jeff McNeil and Robinson Cano in there also for Guillaume. So that's the platoon that the Mets are going to have here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. One more thing on the Yankees, though, Trevor. What were your thoughts on the Aaron Judge extension falling apart? You know, you know, Joe, in the end, you take a look at everything there, Joe. You know, the Yankees did give a respectable deal, in my opinion. I did. I th- I, th- I th- they gave a very nice deal, yes. You know, um, I don't think it was, it was not a typical Steinbrenner, you know, cheap type deal. I thought he actually gave him a good deal. Right. 
I thought in the end. Um, you know, if he didn't accept it, he didn't accept it. Joe, I think the Yankees did give him a fair walk. That's what I think. He wanted $36 million per year for another 10 years, and one of the years is arbitration years, which is this year. That, to me, is outlandish. And it's not even my money. But for the Yankees to pay this guy $36 million for an additional 10 years. I got a question for you, Trevor. Find me one guy who's 40 years old in Major League Baseball right now that is worth $36 million. I don't think anybody might know. I don't think there is one. You're absolutely right. So why would the Yankees do that? I think they offered a very fair deal. They gave him a lot of money for seven years until he's 37. There is a was, big difference between 37 and 40. And it was, and it was very close to Bryce Harper's deal. Right. Right. I, the Bryce Harper took less money to, for, for more years. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was a think, lot of money. Even if it's free agency, I don't think any of the teams could offer him 36 million. But if they do, would the Yankees match? I don't know. I think they would. You think they would? I mean, you, gonna, you think any team's going to offer him $36 million? I think there's a crazy team out there that would. I, I think the only team that would would be the Dodgers. Maybe. Maybe the Angels. They have a knack for, for doing that, for giving them long-term deals. Now, now what, Plus, now he's now from Los Angeles, too. Now, the one thing I would say is that the Yankees still get an advantage first to talk to before anybody else. Does. Yes. It's not great that these things fell through and they released the contract details publicly, but there's still time to do this. But Aaron Judge is betting on himself here. If Aaron Judge has a great year, maybe he does get that kind of deal. If he doesn't, though, and he only plays 50 games, right back to the Yankees he comes. Joe, do you think he still winds up in New York? Yes, I do. I think in the end he will come back here. I think the Yankees will give him what he wants. I do. I think in the end maybe the Yankees will give him 31, 32. Right. For how long, though? You know, maybe maybe seven years. I thought they – you know, I'm a big fan of – comics. the lockout. I kept saying this was compromise – just do eight years and wrap it up. Give him, give him the money he wants. Give him eight years. Let's, let's just compromise here. Maybe, yeah. How about eight years, thirty-two million? Would you accept that? Yes, of course, of course, I would. It's not my money though. You know what I mean? I, I would definitely accept it. It's not my money though. You know, you know, eight years, thirty-two, and you have to remember this too, Joe. The Yankees. You know, we talked about didn't signing any free agents. No story. No this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, they did save up money so they can give Judge a pretty big extension. And there's no excuse now. No excuse now. Yep. You know, you didn't sign any free agents. You know, you, you only took on $50 million from Donalds, and that was it. You didn't take on any, any other money. In fact, you traded away money. Right, right. You you, you you took on money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, Joe, I, I think they do get it done in the average. One more thing, Trevor, on the Yankees. Their bullpen this series was, was masterful. Out of 18 and two-thirds innings, they gave up two earned runs with 19 strikeouts. Now, I'm all for the terrific bullpen. I love the fact that they have all these guys in there. They can get guys out. But this type of starting pitching is not sustainable. And I understand it's the first week of the season. But no teams are having this type of issue where their starters can't get out of the third or fourth inning and rely on their bullpens that much. So this series with Toronto, I'm looking at starting pitcher depth. Well, let's take a look today, Joe. The the starter for the Royals today... Went four and a third. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot of guys are, not, are at best are getting through five. Well, the Mets. How the, how the Mets do this weekend? They won two out of three, but they used a lot of pitchers too. The Mets let their starters go though. They did. They did. Now the only guy they, I, I I exempt is is Severino because he's coming off from the two year layoff. I understand that. Now the one different thing about the Mets is they have an old time manager. The Yankees do not. Right. Right. It's it's different um, mindset. I'm just saying this is not sustainable using this many bullpen guys every day. 
I agree to Joe. But if you take a look at my Major League Baseball, there was a, a, a good number of teams that are doing uh, like this too. Right. I don't think it was as drastic as this, but you, you, there's well, the short spring training guys are being ramped up slowly. You take a look at today, Joe. The, the uh, starter for the Orioles, he had 66 pitches. He only pitched four innings. That mm-hmm. was it. Oh, what were the Orioles now? We want to be like them? Well, no. Um, <laughs> let's see who else. The Brewers. 76 pitches for Hauser, just three and two-thirds. Well, he was getting lit up by the Orioles, too. I was watching that game. He had the bases loaded in the second. He was, but still. We're I mean, seeing you know, some, he... some early season struggles from these pitchers, too. Yeah, we are seeing that, too. So these pitchers are not really going that far, mm-hmm. right? if you notice. Yeah. So I think it's a major league issue, too. Trevor, anything else on the New York baseball? Uh, no, I, I got nothing else to... Well, big series against Toronto tonight with the Yankees. They got to take two or three. Mets and Phillies. We'll see how the Mets fare against a finally good opponent. Uh, we'll be back later in the week to talk about the uh, the baseball. And one more thing I want to mention, Trevor. The Brooklyn Nets have a playoff game tomorrow. you count the play-in for a playoff? Do you count that? I don't count as a playoff. I don't count as a regular season game. So we're in that. We're, we're the play-in then. Now yeah. I see why they call it that. See, yeah. you, you guys were in it last year. Now you're not. We're in it tomorrow against Cleveland. Now, I'm not really looking at it as a playoff either because you're not in the series yet. But this is like, a, it's a wild card game. That's exactly what it is. And in baseball, I counted it as playoffs. So I'm going to go ahead and count it also as playoffs. But what you, the only thing why it's not a wild card game is because if you lose, you're still in it. Right. Well, that's that's, that's the dopey NBA playoffs. We don't have all day here. <laughs> but um, I will say this. I think Brooklyn plays very well with Cleveland. They beat them three or four this year. Like I said, they played them well, and the Nets have been hot over the last four or five games or so. So I think the Nets actually have the advantage here, not only because they're at home, but they play them very well, and the Nets are hot right now. And Cleveland sort of had this midseason tailspin, but regardless, I think the Nets actually win this game tomorrow. If they don't, they get a second chance against Atlanta or Charlotte, whoever wins that game. And I personally think Cleveland is an easier team to play than Charlotte or Atlanta. The other two teams play a lot harder. Well, Joe, the Lions are up tomorrow, and that's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then in the West, the other game tomorrow is the Timberwolves are a three-point favorite against the Clippers. That, that's a fun game, let me just say. That's a fun game. The the 9-10 game in the West is an embarrassment. How they have two teams, eight games of their 500, playing in a playing game is embarrassing. And yeah. Adam Silver wants to know why his stars aren't playing. That's the reason right there. Your regular season is meaningless. Well, the playoff teams don't really start until like a week. They get a week off. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's very true, yeah. Um... But yeah, um, if you're up to it tr- tomorrow, Trevor, we have an instant reaction right after the net game. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll be on. I will be on for that, there, Joe. There you go. Playoff yeah, basketball is back. Especially, I will be rooting for you guys, Joe. But if you lose, it'll be even more fun. <laughs> you're rooting for us, but it'll be fun if we lose. Hey, you you have no <laughs> dog in the fight, but you have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Joe, I seriously hope you. I do wish you guys like. I really hope you do. Guys thank you, win, thank so. you, Trevor. But the winner will get Boston which scares me as a net fan, but, you know, baby steps, one game at a time. But one thing I will say, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's all I have to say, Trevor. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So we'll have the instant reaction tomorrow, a great weekend in New York baseball. But for now, I'm Joe Morales. That's Trevor Markowski. We'll be back later in the week. This is the MDM Podcast.